This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Special announcement. All Patreon supporters are now being automatically entered to win a very special giveaway. A one-hour video call with me, Bunny, where we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. The lucky winner will also receive a care package gift bag full of really cool stuff. Every patron at every level is eligible. Become a Patreon supporter today for as little as a dollar a month and you'll be entered to win. Just go to patreon.com backslash exohireself, sign up, and see all the other cool rewards you can get access to. The winner will be announced at the end of our last official episode of the season, episode 10. But don't worry, we're not going anywhere for long. We're just getting started. Welcome to episode seven of XO Higher Self. It's me, Bunny, coming to you from a real feel of 99 degrees in sweltering hot New York City. Today, I'm thankful for access to air conditioning, to iced coffee, to dresses, to not wearing a bra, and of course, you and the rest of the XO family. Today, I was realizing there's only three episodes left in our first official season. And I was thinking about the need that this podcast fulfills. Kara was telling me that the most popular podcasts right now are recap shows, where like people talk about TV shows or events and recap them, talk them over, take them apart, give their reactions. And I realized here we are recapping our own lives. (laughs) It's so human, so much a part of who we are to go back and look at what happened how it's connected to what's going to happen next. And we analyze our own role, the part we played, the other characters involved. We're always observing ourselves in this way. And I just want to point out, we need to be kind and compassionate when we do. Remember in elementary school when you would get a sticker or a smiley face instead of a grade? This podcast is all about giving yourself that sticker. You tried, you're trying, and there is no letter grade. No one's getting ranked here. So when we tell stories about ourselves to ourselves, keep that higher self perspective, okay? On that note, here's our first question. Hi, Bunny. Um, My name's Samantha. I've really enjoyed uh, your Instagram profile for quite some time, and I'm really glad that you're finally doing a podcast um, because I really appreciate you um, building this platform for us to all share our vulnerabilities especially right now where it feels like the world is just awful. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, this kind of gives me 
some some hope, I guess. My question was about, um, I guess, this feeling of FOMO um, and just kind of struggling with what you perceived your life to be and it not turning out the way that you planned it to. Um, I don't know, like growing up, I always had this really romanticized idea of what my life would look like when I was in my 20s and that sort of thing. I always thought that, I don't know why, but at the age of like 23, that I'd be like really happy, settled in a relationship, living out of home, traveling and all of that sort of stuff. And it just hasn't gone to plan the way that I thought it would. And I'm I'm 24 now and I feel as though life is passing me by and I don't, like I'm missing out on opportunities to do all of the things that I wanted to do because I'm getting older and it's starting to scare me. Um, if you have any advice on that sort of thing, um, I'd really love to hear it. Thanks. Welcome to getting older. It's amazing. <laughs> no, but really, let's take a look at this. It's totally understandable you're feeling anxious because you're not in a place that you, when you were younger, imagined yourself to be at 24. But you were like a child when you imagined that place, meaning you really had no concept, right, of what it's like to be 24. So much of our fantasies when we were kids are based on movies we saw or stories we read of what being an adult was like, or it was based on our parents' timeline. But then you grow up and you're like, oh, I'm exactly the same person, but I'm older. And it's really a trip and it's kind of like freaks you out. The sooner you can let go of having fixed expectations, the more joyful your life will be. Because we can make all kinds of plans, but things don't always go that way. And honestly, they shouldn't. I mean, how can you possibly know everything you need? How can you know what lessons you need to learn? What relationships you need to have to heal? What experiences you need to grow? You can't know that. You can't possibly know what that should look like. The only thing that you can know is that you are enough right now, in this moment, and only your higher self or the love inside you can validate that. Not some job or car or house or kids or partner, none of that can do that for you. Our world defines adulthood by exterior growth, what we accumulate, what we accomplish, but the real adulthood comes from inner growth. And until you prioritize your self-worth, no matter what you accomplish, you won't feel complete. You telling yourself that you're failing is just another way of putting yourself down. The past and future only exist as a thought in your mind. And if you let your mind fixate on one thought, one idea, one possibility for what your future should look like, you're literally ignoring all other possibilities that could be profoundly more fulfilling than what your mind at 24 can come up with. Just like as a child, you can't know all the possibilities that await you. We live in an extremely ageist culture. We're taught, especially as femmes, that after a certain age, we're basically useless. So we better hurry up and accomplish now all the things before we waste away into some meaningless existence, right? Wrong. That's all a facade. You have so much time. So much time and it's really exciting. 
You have a beautiful future ahead of you. How boring would it be if you did all the things you wanted to do in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s or your 50s or your 60s? I mean, the journey doesn't stop. The only thing you can miss out on is appreciating who you are at each moment of that journey. Don't do that. Hey, Bunny. I would love to hear you talk about gender and I guess what led you to come to realizing that you're non-binary. I think about gender a lot and a lot of me can't separate societal gender roles from the idea of feeling a gender in your heart. And I wonder if you've struggled with the same thing and if so, how you came to kind of break your mind free and just kind of feel, um, and if not, just advice you would have for someone going through that. Thanks so much. Gender is a social construct, and I look at it like all of the social constructs my higher self is enabling me to unlearn. We're brought up in a world that told us the right and wrong way to live, and it was based on a white supremacist cis patriarchal system designed to keep white cis men in control of the population. Gender roles are an essential part of that system of control. Think about it like a play in a theater. In order for the story to have the same ending every time it's performed, it requires everyone to play the role they were assigned and say the lines they were given. Once the actors break from those lines and begin to improvise, you could possibly end up with a completely different outcome. Maybe the princess didn't need to be rescued after all. I think it's really difficult to be fully conscious of why we make the choices we make. And there are countless studies, papers, books on gender that you can read and how our history has shaped those identities. How before Western colonialism, indigenous populations in Native America embraced gender fluidity as two-spirit and gender diversity is present in the recorded histories of India, Samoa, Myanmar, Madagascar, Hawaii, Egypt, and Thailand. For me, my non-binary identity comes from my identity with my spirit, which I believe has masculine and feminine energy. I just don't feel like I fit into a binary that I didn't create, that was someone else's concept of who I am. What does it mean to feel like a man or a woman? No one can answer that question for another person. Can an identity be defined by the colors of pink or blue or a piece of clothing? Can the wholeness of who you are be confined by your anatomy or your genitals? If so, does Not having a child make me less of a woman? Does having more facial hair make you more of a man? We've accepted these roles, these designs for humanity for so long, we stop questioning their validity. And that belief in upholding the gender binary has had devastating effects for people who, no matter how much they tried, could never be made small enough to fit into that space. Non-binary people and trans people have been here since the beginning of humanity. How much longer must we be suppressed? It's like believing the earth is flat by simply destroying all the photos of earth showing its true shape. Ever since I was little, I felt like there was something different about me. Like I had a secret inside. An imaginary world where I wasn't connected to what was being presented to me. There was something more to me than what I could see. 
I was more than my body. So when I saw other people coming out as non-binary, I just knew it fit exactly how I felt. That doesn't mean I've reached some goal where I'm free of all of society's conditioning on gender. I'm still actively dismantling it in my assumptions, in my behavior, in my mind. Even correcting someone's use of my pronouns is still really scary for me sometimes. So my advice for you is that you don't have to be sure of anything completely. Fluidity is movement. And sometimes you feel brave enough and sometimes you don't. It's okay. There's no rush for anything. Our relationship with the dance of being human and spirit is a journey. The human form is a play. And how we choose to perform it is for us to say. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, Bunny. Um, at the start of the pandemic, I decided to pod up with a relatively new friend in my life, and we ended up falling in love. It was all really amazing for the first couple of months, and then um, as the pressure mounted with all of the different things going on in my life and in the world, I really... Um, regressed in my trauma and I reacted to some of my fears in ways that were harmful and not acceptable. Um, this person ended up breaking up with me and I think that that was a really understandable decision on their part, but now I'm stuck in this fear loop of simultaneously knowing that the way that I showed up that was harmful is not um, who I am as a person while also simultaneously feeling like maybe that really is just who I am at my core. Um, I both want to give myself grace because of the time in the world and how difficult things are right now while I'm also scared that if I give myself too much grace then I might just end up repeating those same patterns in the future with someone else. Um, I'm not really sure what to do and I keep oscillating between feeling calm and centered in myself and feeling like human garbage. I'd love any advice that you could offer. Thank you so much. I had a spiritual teacher tell me once that love brings up all that would fight against it. And that made so much sense to me because I know that every relationship that I've had, whether romantic or platonic, it's shown me the places I still need to grow. It makes sense that this new loving relationship took you to a fearful place because when you love someone, your heart is open. And if that's not a place you're used to being in, it can feel really uncomfortable. You feel exposed, you feel vulnerable. On top of that, our vulnerabilities are even more pronounced during this transitionary time. So here's this person in front of you that now has this power over you. Whatever they say, whatever they do could hurt you. So how do you protect yourself from being hurt? 
you beat the other person to it by hurting them because the alternative is just too much to bear. From the higher self perspective, love isn't something that someone can take away from you. Love is a state of awareness. And there are people you meet that inspire you to see love, to experience it consciously. It's like when you're with them, the lights are on and everything is imbued with this love. You see it in them. You see it in yourself. Food even tastes better. The flowers seem to bloom brighter. All of a sudden you can hear the birds chirping, right? That's not a coincidence. That's the state of love. So being with them feels amazing because when you're with this person, love is present in your consciousness. That's why this person means so much to you. That's why they're extremely attractive. And what I'm talking about is beyond the ego stuff, you know, beyond wanting to be with someone because they give you a sense of status on a superficial level. I'm talking about that real love connection you have with this person. But they aren't in control of whether or not you get to have love in your life, although it can seem that way. They're just the arrow to pointing to where the light switches. But if you're in a fearful place, you can mistake them for being the source of light in your life. So after, you know, a couple months of that initial high you got from this person, when your issues start showing up again, because no one person can keep you in the love state on their own, you blame them for this hurt you're now experiencing. Like, why did you turn off the light? You must not love me. The hardest part of any relationship is learning how to stay in the awareness of love, keeping that light switch on even when we feel hurt. For example, when I'm in a fight with my wife, when we're both going at it, yelling at each other, not listening to each other, our light switches are off or maybe at least pretty dimmed, meaning we're not in the consciousness of love. We can't see it in each other or ourselves. Even if I try to leave the fight and hide in my studio and work on my art, suddenly my art sucks too. You know, life sucks. You know, the love switch is off. And guess whose fault it is? It's all my wife's, right? (laughs) But the moment we begin to relax enough to let a bit of our guard down and a glimmer of that light of love comes in, we start to actually see each other for who we are, not our fearful projections. And we start listening and realize that neither one of us meant to hurt each other. We just need to learn how to better meet each other's needs. And it's the same in any relationship. Friends, family, when we have our guard up, we think we're protecting ourselves, but we're blinding ourselves to the truth of love. Even when the situation calls for us to walk away from someone being harmful, if we don't have that light switched on, we can't see that we deserve better. And staying is actually enabling the other person to continue to harm, which is inevitably harmful to themselves too. To me, a relationship is a work of art. And you making a mistake is so understandable. It's so normal. It's so relatable. It's so human. Beating yourself up about it will only leave the light off. That doesn't help anything. Remember, your higher self is inside you. It's that light of love that you feel in your inner body that will help you not make the same mistakes again because you learn you actually don't need to hurt other people to protect yourself. You're always protected. You are your own source of light. That's what grace is. It's taking full accountability. 
Because seeing that your ex didn't deserve to be hurt is also seeing that you don't either. When the light is on, it shines on everyone. Hi, Bunny. Um, I was wondering if you could help me better understand how you manage um, the push and pull of spiritual healing or practice. Um, I find myself sometimes really deep in connection with spirit. And then I will um, shortly thereafter feel like I've kind of um, distanced myself from it and very connected to the external world. I just was wondering if, if you experienced that and or how you maintain the balance um, or even how you encompass both of those uh, seemingly polar concepts. Thanks. I definitely experienced the push and pull of being a spirit, having a human experience. Sometimes I'll go weeks with not spending enough time with spirit and not notice how distant I had gotten until things, you know, aren't going very well. My perspective is like really negative and I'm like, oh, I should meditate or spend some time alone. Then I read a spiritual book or I listen to a lecture and then I remember that feeling and I'm like, oh yeah, no wonder I've been feeling off. I think the most important thing we can do is not judge ourselves for not always being in alignment with spirit because it's really difficult. Look around. There's so much distraction from that inner love place. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of things to pay attention to, you know, our phones, Netflix, relationship drama, gossip. I mean, there's a lot. What I try to do is remember that even when I'm not in the consciousness of my higher self, it's always there. It's always there waiting for my attention. And it's not judging me. It's completely compassionate because it sees me for who I really am. I started this higher self project on a whim as just a way to sort of set myself up to have a continual dialogue with spirit by posting it on my Instagram. I never imagined I'd be doing it for years and it would become my entire career, but it's really shown me how little space we have for the sacred in our culture that's not tied to religion. It's my dream one day to open a sacred space similar to a church, but not a church, but a place to just gather and be in the same space of love and talk about love and support each other and talk about our journeys and our struggles and our realizations. I mean, that's why I started the podcast was to connect with the community who's on the same path and not feel so alone on it. So what ways can you make your spiritual life more part of your routine? Is that writing a journal every morning or meditation or calling a friend who you know you can talk about this stuff with? My closest friendships are the ones where we do talk about what's beyond the form of our life, not just what's going on in our life. So community is really important. As people who are trying to stay in alignment, we're always trying to be better and build more awareness, but sometimes spirit comes from just letting go and surrendering to our humanity. There's a lot of magic there. Enlightening experiences often come from really unexpected places and people. So watch how you judge what is spirit and what isn't. I swear there are angels everywhere, even in the people we like the least. They can often be our greatest teachers. 
Hi, Bunny. Um, I really appreciate your podcast, so I thought I could ask a question. <laughs> Hopefully you have an answer. Um, so I've been dealing with, um, I have like a history of like being bullied, um, in my appearance and, uh, that's been playing like a kind of critical role in like my overall social anxiety and, um, I guess, um, what I'm asking is even today, even though, uh, in the past it, uh, all the bullying mostly happened in my childhood. Um, even today, I still sort of, like, run into um, others who are, like, very critical of my appearance. Um, and maybe they will, like, harass me in the street or, like, talk about, like, ugly or, like, how I've, like, gained weight and um, a lot of things. And it's been really hard not to take it personal. Uh, um, intellectually, I know, like, um, people are just projecting their own insecurities on to me, but um, I still don't really know how not to make that impact how I feel about myself. So I was just wondering if you had any advice about that. Um, thank you. When you're someone who looks different than what eugenics-based Eurocentric beauty and gender standards have imposed on us, whether that's through your skin color, body shape, disability, facial symmetry, your existence is actually threatening that entire belief system. Because the people who are most conditioned to need to fit into that belief system see you out here shining your light and a part of them glimpses what real beauty is. It's not what they thought. It's not what they've been ingrained to believe in. Here you are living your life unapologetically beautiful and people don't want to feel like they've been duped. They don't want to feel like they are mentally conditioned. So they lash out. The more comfortable you are with yourself, the more uncomfortable they are with themselves because you contradict what they've been made to believe. They don't yet realize how much you are healing them. I can tell you already know it has everything to do with them, but that doesn't mean it still doesn't hurt. That doesn't make it easier in the moment. It's fucked up and it's hurtful. So how do we cope with these painful experiences? Higher self is like a love warrior, an armor of power, a bubble of love's protection. Your power is indestructible, and the more you remind yourself of that, the faster you can brush off whatever projections come at you, whether it's criticism or any other pointless conflicts. So what does your armor look like? What's in your higher self toolbox? There are things you can use to help support you in your most vulnerable moments. Is it body positivity mantras, inspiring social media accounts, friends you can reach out to, groups, therapy groups, an artistic practice, writing poetry, journaling about your experience? What are more undiscovered practices you can look into to help you get to that place of joy, that safe space? I strongly believe we're all here for a higher purpose. And sometimes that purpose is hard to bear. It's hard to have to be the stronger one, the teacher, the one whose own struggles have made you more enlightened and conscious. 
that's not always easy to hold. Being special in that way can sometimes make you feel like an outcast. But the truth is, you're not alone. There's so many of us out here, including me. And anytime you need a reminder to how truly beautiful you are, you can always reach out to me. That's all for this week. Remember, join us on Patreon and automatically enter to be in the first ever giveaway. Really excited about that. We're definitely going to be doing more stuff like this in general. So keep following, keep updated, follow us on Instagram, like us on iTunes. Please leave a review. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of the support. We seriously, no joke, could not do this without you. I love you. And so does your higher self. Have a great week. Bye. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.